I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And back after an absolutely riveting Game 3 of the Origin Series and a hell of a game to finish things off for 2022. And Queensland Boxhead prevail. Um, again, just a place of heartbreak for New South Wales at Suncourt Stadium. Yeah, well, second half was... Yeah, they needed to produce their best half of footy in the last half and... Uh, New South Wales couldn't do it and Queensland did so they, they were deserved winners the, I thought by far the better side last night I know <clears> people are waxing lyrical about you know the greatest game ever and all that sort of stuff that'll be for history to decide but you know I think Queensland had a series of disallowed and bomb tries where I felt like New South Wales probably didn't nail their chances and their defence just um yeah, let them down at critical stages. I know, I know they did a lot of defence, but, um, yeah, Queensland just played a smarter game, better game. Yeah, and uh, i tell you what, what a start. When you talk about games and a bit of a flashback, obviously I wasn't born in the 80s, but seen a lot of the old stuff and remember some of the early 90s and the physicality. and uh, it, it was very much a game of yesteryear. Like, first play for Oates... Cam Murray gets knocked out. Next set, you've got Cobbo copping the hit when five of them try to go in on Burton. And then not long after that, Collins tries to hit his own teammate, Tupo. He gets cops the hit. So within four minutes, we got three players ruled out of the game. It was just absolute madness. Yeah, some poor technique in there, really. But yeah, it was crazy to have um, three guys go out in such a quick period of time, definitely. Mm. And a big impact on Queensland, but again, clearly better prepared uh, in terms of what they wanted to do with their interchanges or how they were going to play. Uh, Kate Well, who's done a great job before many times in the centres, uh, did a fantastic job again. Gagai, no stranger to the wing, did a great job. Um, Tommy Gilbert, debut, comes in, 78 minutes, does his job, no surprise. And I think the other one for a lot of people when they were trying to reinvent the wheel with what Queensland would do, um, no surprise, they went with Tommy Did, and I thought he did a fantastic job as well at, at six. Yeah, he did. He did. He uh, came in and, and did his job, didn't he? He um, yeah, he can't can't knock Did. And I thought Billy Slater did the right thing and and started him instead of you know, letting him stew on the bench. I wasn't really sure how he'd get him in the game if he didn't start him, and I thought it was the right call. And yeah, it got proven to be. Um, yeah, you got proven correct, I guess. But, um, yeah. They just look a better side when Hunt starts at nine, I think. And they get Grant on in that 
you know, in that injection. And, you know, you pick and did to play in the halves. You're replacing a half, so playing there, and that was horses for courses. I thought it was, it was a good move. Yeah, and on top of that, he does all those fundamental things that suit Origin well. He's got a good kicking game. He's tough defensively, and he just does his job, and same deal. He, when he had his chances to run, he ran. The first opportunity they gave him off the quick play of the ball, he jumped down the short side, saw that Crichton was turned in, hit the good part of the hole with his teammate Val Holmes. Um, I thought he was very unlucky the second time there when they popped Crichton again at Marker, who jumped in field too quickly and Harry Grant ducked down the short side and that was ruled forward. But um, he, he, like I said, he just does his job. You know, you can rely on him. He does all those little things well and um, certainly didn't look out of place. But I was really impressed with how they handled the situation. The reshuffle, obviously they had ideal guys to move in those positions. But, um, you know, Gilbert, like I said, playing the big minutes, they had to burn two changes straight away, obviously, because both those players failed. So they only used one more interchange in the first half, which was to get Harry Grant on. They made sure they had five up their sleeve in the second half. They used four rolling their middles, which again was something we talked about coming into it, that they needed to do a better job, giving those guys rest and you know rotating through. And it was obviously more of a forced thing because Arrow was the last guy left on the bench to play through there. But they did a great job of rolling their middles. And then the last interchange was getting Hunt back on after he'd gone from nine to playing that sort of floating 13 role and then got him a quick spell and then comes back on and makes the critical play to, to finish the game off. Yeah, I thought that <clears throat> Billy Slater did a good job with his changes last night. Yeah, definitely. But um, I guess summing up the halves a little bit, first half definitely, like we said, frantic, crazy start. You had all that uh, you know, gusto and wind and all the KOs early on, but things sort of got into a bit of a rhythm. You had that bit of a cycle there and then Tino obviously smacks Burton in the face and then things look like they're going to spill over again and then they sort of settle down once we get that Valentine Holmes try that we talk about. But from that sort of point in time, um, I felt like the rest of the half was pretty much New South Wales for the taking. They they get the Luai try after being a bit clunky with their attack, which was the case I felt most of the night and they struggled a little bit to set up for that left-hand side that we thought they'd get a fair bit of traffic to but um, Nathan realised they're obviously getting up hard early and put a kick in behind for Luai to get them back on level pegging but for the rest of the half it sort of felt you know they were down there they got repeats through himself Luai etc a couple of back-to-backs and probably should have banked more than what they did but worst case you're sitting there thinking near the back end there okay They've at least probably juiced them a bit. They've mm. used those three changes. I then. felt like we were, we were both a try short and we allowed them a try that they shouldn't have had. Like that try that they scored right on half time. Geez, that really took the wind out of us. I, I didn't think 12 10 was a reflection of a half when you look at, you know, we had 19, uh, 22 sets of six. Queensland only had 18. You know, we completed. I think of those 22, we only income, there was only three incompletes. We had, you know, more possession, more territory, and to go in only two points up, I think that's where Queensland were always going to have to even it up in the second half, and they did a good job of that. But, yeah, the, that was a half. I think that late try really took the air out of us a little bit, I think. Yeah, and like you said... Especially back- when it was just a deflection, like it wasn't a try created. It was a dumb penalty to let them down there. I think it was Trebojevic with a flop. Um, let them down the field late in the half, and yeah, we yeah, it wasn't an offensive error. I thought we actually defended quite well 
for the most part last mm. night. But it was just you put yourself in that field position and you know you you put yourself in danger of you know having that sort of luck go against you with a deflection or you know a you know something ricochet or whatever you want to call it that just went against us and gifted them a late try. But yeah, the first half I thought the first half was yeah physical. There were periods there. I think we probably, as I said, we had two periods there where I thought we had gluts of possession and, and Queensland, that flipped and Queensland had in the second half. Yeah, like I said, I think we sort of dodged a bullet on that short side where Crichton bit in, but yeah, we should have probably banked a bit more. Repeat sets, pressure. Um, were they, is he talking about where they called the forward pass? Yeah. Yeah, was, that's when Liam Martin ended up on the wing, I think. And they, yeah, Crichton... Beating at marker. Created a two and one. Defender. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I think like you said at the end here, and I got that as the critical period after we sort of built that pressure, got those repeats. I thought Arpy was really the one who was, you know, taking control and manipulating and building nicely into the game. We kind of had a little period there where we put things back to back to back and just invited them back into the game. And it started with, as you said, um, a flop from Jake to release the, the pressure. And then on the back of it, we're heading out of yardage. He obviously has that obstruction, which is a little bit incidental, but it leads to you know a penalty or again where we don't get the kick out of trouble. And then we finished it up with Tupo obviously getting sort of caught worrying about the sideline where I guess just in that arena with the pressure and the fatigue, we've seen Ferguson and other players doing it where you can put your foot out and just touch the ball and that classifies as you know being out if you worry about the sideline. But um, that and a six again on play four, with a, you know, almost a minute left by Angus Crichton, gives him that extra set, and Harry obviously puts that kick in. And Catewell, you know, he did exceptionally well to get between the two men to score that try, which really, like you said... Yeah, it was a horrible kick. Well, the kick kick got a very lucky deflection, but, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Catewell, it was a fight to the ball, and he did yeah. fantastic. He did well, not only did he get there, but the ground as well. Um, but, yeah, split the two guys, and like you said, that sort of... Just did everything. But the only other thing I kind of took away from that first half for them was, you know, like they got at Nanai like I thought they would, but most of what they got on him was inconsequential. It was coming out of their own half or, you know, a part line break or an offload and it was mostly cleaned up. But on the flip side of that, they did a really good job on our left edge. Burton and Luai really struggled and were on the back foot. Luai missed a couple of tackles. Nanai was a really good focal point. The, the combination between him and Cherry Evans was quite dangerous. He... He set up a, a line break. He popped a couple of offloads. Like he was really, really effective, and they, they sort of surprised me. Yeah, you're talking about Nanai? Yeah. Yeah, I think he had five offloads or something. Mm, it was ridiculous, his offload starts. They really did the opposite to us. Like I thought that left edge, having those combinations would have been a little more tight, but they, they busted that left edge open a couple of times and were lucky probably not to you know probably find more love down that yeah, side. Yeah, every, every time he went there, he popped an offload that looked mm. dangerous down that side. Mm. So... Out of that first half, like I said, it was good. But like you said, we probably had more um, of, of of the running yeah, of things. Yeah, two-point lead wasn't enough. Simple as that. Could <coughs> did very well to minimise the damage and just hang on. Yeah. And then the second half, you know, and again, like we could go really, really in-depth like we usually do, but I don't think it needs too much um, of a summary. The second half was another series of events where you start off with that absolute chaos um, Gagai versus Burton like I think it's been a bit overblown by them to say that he purposely ran into him like he's looking in field then next minute he looks up no he, did, he didn't it was, an, it was an accident yeah Gagai, Gagai carried on like a pork chop and so did Tino right how Tino didn't go to the bin yeah honestly 
Yeah, well, he, he certainly made an impact and got on a lot of people's skin because, like I said, he clocked Burton in the first half and then he got involved in that one with the old headlock and up he even, even the hit on Burton, I thought, was 10 in the bin. If it's an NRL game, it's 10 in the bin. Well, this is the thing I was going to say. It's funny. On the weekend, I'm talking about Matt Amour's hit and then McCulloch didn't get binned for something similar. And then hey, look at the Sims we, we, we talk come. about the talking to the referee. And then in this game, the punch-up only come up with fines. You know, we've had the look with the headlock. We had a fair bit <laughs> fair bit happen in that game and it was all sort of yeah. different set of rules, which is what we talk about. There's a different set of rules during the year, different set of rules during the finals. And then in Origin, we've got a different set of rules again. So, you know, we, we, I'd, I'd rather... If that's the standard, I'm all for it. But just make that the standard across the competition. That's part of the frustration. But oh, I really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, um, it starts off with that chaos. One each go to the bin. New South Wales obviously end up with a penalty. That period there when it's 12 on 12, both teams don't really take advantage. New South Wales probably get the better of it. New South uh, Queensland give away a penalty. Cherry having to lift... There was an error. Um, he puts Sif Italikai on and pulls Jake. And then as soon as we're coming out of the back end of that period, Junior Paulo comes back on. And after Safidi had, to me, really surprised me, had a really good stint. This is the beginning of that sort of period where we just got stuck in the mud. He makes an, an error and then it just feels like for 20 minutes we can't get out of our end. <laughs> That's right. Well, I felt like the whole half we just couldn't get out of our end. Mm. He just... Didn't want to, didn't want to do it the hard way. Queensland were kicking early as well and turn us around. And they, they just, we are willing to play field position. They, they wanted to play field position and let that tell, and it did. I and think... we never really earned any repeat sets. We tried to finesse our way out of trouble too often. We just didn't have the right attitude last night to no. win that game in the second half. We, we had a. We had a not a soft mentality or a soft attitude, but we had a we had a you know we we really didn't want to get into the trenches and play the style of game that Queensland we played club footy. We're forcing us to play. They we wanted to play around and we wanted to we wanted to look for that easy option in in yardage and yeah it was just really <coughs> poor. And yeah, well, it's it another. Shows you that some of this, even some of the you know they're, they're talking about how unbeatable Penrith are. Well, that shows you, if anything, that there's a style of footy that can unsettle anyone. Yeah, and Queensland showed you the path to to that last night. It was it was impressive the way that did, and in particular, Cherry Evans kicked the ball in that second half. It was yeah, it was just it was really tough, really grinding. And I I said to you in the preview that we they really needed to find a way that was a different way to beat New South Wales. And I certainly thought there was a lot of risk in kicking early. Because if you get it wrong or, you know, you hit one of the back three on the full or, you know, your kick chase isn't good, there's a whole heap of things that can go wrong. And they, they just nailed it. All, all those early kicks were were excellent. Well, I, I thought they did do basically what I said they do. I thought they really did try to play, you know, through the middle and beat us through there, which I, I definitely thought their middles were better. And they did kick and grind us into the dirt. They wanted to play that sort of mentality where they were going to get on the front foot try and go, you know, set for set, try and grind us into the dust, and we just didn't want to borrow it. The early kicking, they front-loaded their energy, play one, two. That's the best job I think they've done all series, in particular on Toto. I didn't really recognise Toto at all, even though he tried hard. Tupo was constantly getting wheelbarrowed. They turned us around early, so our middles couldn't get back behind the ball. They they literally just ground us into the dirt, and like I said, um, goes from the Paulo yeah, we drop. Didn't have a, we didn't have an answer. We didn't have a plan B. 
no, well, like you said, we weren't. I don't think we were willing like they were. They, they got themselves out of yardage or were willing to do that hard work. And at the back end, when we did... Yeah, we get, never really put them in positions where they had to. That's that's more my point. Well, the few times we did get down there, we didn't do the same thing to them. Play one, two, we were not effective at all. They rolled out a lot easier than what we did and got themselves in. Yeah, but you've got to think about where we're kicking and how we're kicking. And, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. Mm. Well, so, we did bash and bomb they got, a few. They got it right. We were, yeah, well off. Mm. Um, the Paulo drop was added on to, like I said, multiple moments. You've got Luai throwing a cutout pass on his own 10-metre line. Crichton tries to throw that offload after a solid carry on play one, which leads to a dropout. And after you have those back-to-back-to-back moments and all that pressure, it obviously tells. And Ponga gets at Luai again, gets on his inside shoulder. Siffer tries to come across and cover, and finally we break. And they got the lead for the first time after 60 minutes of being behind. <coughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are we doing? Talking through the second half, are we? Oh, I'm just working through we that. We just never got out. Like I don't know what you want to say. We, every time we were down there, we made an error, or which yeah, we just couldn't get out of there. Yeah, we threw the ball over the sideline on a couple of occasions. We made errors, just kept gifted in possession. Yeah, and then again on the back of that one, finishes up with Sifa, who didn't have a happy night. Um, obviously, the penalty plays the ball sideways. We dodged why, was he, why was he going on? Why were they putting him on the, on the field then? Mm. It looked like it was just like we wanted to use that bench. We needed to use every player. Well, he, it's not under 10s He put him, everyone needs to get a run. He put him on when Burton got put in the sin bin and pulled the middle, I think, to try and get, you know, coverage, someone defending that position. But, I, you know. Well, mm. anyway, yeah, okay. No, I'm not defending it. because They're, they're playing with 12 as well. It wasn't like we had, we had 12 and they had 13. <laughs> Yeah, because again, there's a difference between being... Both centres went off, didn't they? So really, just play without a centre. Both teams playing without a centre. I'm agreeing back with you. Roll, back row rolls out. And I think he... I think realistically, he only wanted to use Safiti for one stint. Um, but obviously, losing Murray probably changed that. And the other thing I saw within well, that... Safiti was our best middle, so... Mm, and I think within that also, he... The longer he held off on Cook, it felt like, again, he probably didn't want to really inject him. Yeah, can we finish with our second best hooker? It's just... Mm. I don't get it. Yeah, well, to me, again, almost an admission, much like they didn't want to address the Campbell-Gillard thing. I think holding back for that long and the impression that Arpy sort of made on the game that it was purely getting him out there after a glut of time where we've obviously defended and were on the back foot. And, you know, he, he obviously made a good impression on the game when we did have the ball, but um, it sort of feels like in the end almost a bit of admission not putting him on until very late and giving him 25 minutes. But... Um, it was the most critical 25 of the game. Yeah. We go from the hold-up to Burton gets forced into a dropout from Cherry Evans, who, again, all night, plus Hunt, him did, and obviously kicked very well. Cherry Evans had a huge impact on the game, like I said, that combination with with Nanai. And then probably one of the biggest moments, finally, I thought we are going to get a reprieve when Cleary puts in that short dropout, but Holmes comes up with an absolute miraculous play to keep the ball alive. <laughs> And from there, the first time after, you know, 20-plus minutes of defending our line, we finally get ourselves out. We have a couple of chances to put up some kicks inside 10, 15. We've got no one pushing up on the ball. Tedesco looks like he's the only one with some energy left, and Cleary's taking hit-ups and pushing through the middle. And but they, they gas themselves exactly. with all the errors. And after a few uneventful sort of kick contests where we didn't have a whole lot going on, Obviously, Ben Hunt comes up with a huge play on Cleary with two minutes to go and runs 70 metres the opposite direction. Mm. So, 
pretty much sums up the second half there. But um, I guess at the end of the day, you, you can't really be surprised. Like, like you said, you're not going to get a better opportunity. There's no monster. You get them up there. All their changes were forced. Felice obviously not coming back, etc. And they just rise to the occasion again. And they, they've done it to us so many times. And like we said, it doesn't matter what the occasion, what's happened the game before. Going up there is just a different beast. And even through the TV, I thought the atmosphere just sounded absolutely incredible. They fed off it. They wanted to go to war with us and we didn't want to go to war with them. And they just bashed the shit out of us and just ground us into the dirt. Yep. So I think um, at the end of the day, they saying it's a bit of a lesson for some of those younger guys, but, you know, I think those critical moments like we talked about or errors or just the easy way out and, yeah, I think uh, in terms of selections, I stick by the fact that I think we were a middle short and the way they tried to reshuffle things didn't work. Whatever is the case with Campbell Gillard after all those injuries, they need to sort that shit out. Like, you, you should just be picking your best players, plain and simple. Um, yep. Whatever okay. happened, whatever we happened there. Pick our best team. Simple as that. Yeah, whatever happened there, address it. And you again, bitch your moan about Latrell and Turbo being out, but we knew they were out before game one, so yeah, that's not an excuse. Um, and then on, to, like, on the flip side of that again, and they, they play without Munster. Like, come on, man. Yeah, huge, huge. And you know, we we had Haas and a few out from injury, but the other side of that as well, the chopping and changing. Like, you know, you, you talk around the, the Campbell Gillard thing, but Madison, you debut him, you drop him straight away. Jack's your best player game one. You have an opportunity to probably put him in right centre after getting a look at Crichton defensively. Game two, they don't go with him. They went with Sims when clearly they probably shouldn't have game one, which then leads to Ola Kawatu, who was possibly going to be in the squad, or Kalama Tungi that last year, both aligning with Tonga. Um, he gave Stags one game. He gets injured, goes off, cuts him. And, yeah, I, I think we're, we're a lot more loosey-goosey definitely on that side of things with our selections and reshuffling, that's for sure. Yeah. So... I, I, probably the one big thing I took at the end of this series again, like just more genuine edges as well. Like we really lacked a bit of punch, and I know you're rolling through locks and you got Martin there, who's tough, but I think they missed a real opportunity game one to at least include in that squad. I know they had Frizzell there, who I wouldn't have had a problem with being involved at some stage, not as a starter though, but if he had a bench roll. But the fact they didn't look at Kalal Matangi or Anola Kawatu in at least the first squad um, after having Kalama Tungi, particularly in their last year, surprised me. And in the end, they both ended up at Tonga. I don't know where that puts us moving forward. If they get classified as a tier one nation, they're both off the table. I think Alakawatu's made it clear now that he's going to play for Tonga. I don't know what's happened with the Kalama Tungi situation, but bar Crichton, who they used once the injury happened, like you can't keep going with Murray, Martin, and then we've got very limited options at the moment in the back. Yeah, let's just talk about it next year. So. Who cares, really? Uh, yeah, but we we need to just pick up our steam with who's available next year. But we don't, so we're talking around in circles about things that aren't going to happen mm. because we just pick guys out of position all the time and we fuck up our interchanges. Yeah, we yeah. Let's just not get into all the X's and O's on it because it frustrates the hell out of me. Mm. Well, congratulations to Queensland. Um, hell of a win and. Now that's two of the last, you know, th- three from two. We had the unlosable series. Oh, both the unlosable. That was the unlosable game again yeah, last yeah, time. Exactly. So it's twice, twice now. And it, this is post the retirement period of the golden generation where we've had opportunities. They've had a rough patch there with some of the Queensland teams and players being on the lower end. They're now climbing back to the top. Yeah, we've had we've had the better team for the last five years and they've won two of the five. And they've blooded. So that, that shows you, you know, Queensland are clinical and we're not. 
Yeah, like we said. When we've got the better side, we still find a way to fuck up. Great night for a few guys who went to that rough period. Like DC, he's obviously seen his fair share of criticism. Hunt has been through that rough patch and obviously had that moment in his own career in the grand final. You got Holmes rebirth in the center position, and then they bring in guys like Did and Cotter in the first game. The emergence of Carrigan, um, you know, Nenai as a 19 year old, I question whether he could hold up in that arena. Was he outstanding? So not only have they jagged the series, they've got a, a coach on board and they've got some fresh blood in there. And all those Queensland teams are young and on the rise, so they're going to have some options there for the years to come. Yeah. So uh, Pat Carrigan, man of the series, I. Still thought live, given what's happened in the past and the way that's supposed to sort of work with the voting. I don't know how it works anymore, but obviously we had that big blow up there on a few years ago. I thought Tedesco was the best player across all three games. I thought he would have been in with a run, but looking at it from a Queensland perspective, if they were going to give it to any Queenslander, I think he was definitely their best player or close to in game one besides Munster. Game two, he was definitely their best forward. Um, and last night, he was outstanding again, so... I, I definitely yeah, don't have a problem with it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got, I got no idea. I, I don't even want to go into it. They never really release how it's done or what the points are or anything like that. It's just, they sometimes they just make it up on their own. But I'm, yeah, Queensland won, but I get that they prefer it to be a Queensland player. I thought Tedesco was definitely New South Wales' best player across the three games by an absolute country mile. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, the two most consistent for both teams. But we didn't win. We didn't win the series. Yeah. Does that does that mean that he wasn't the best player across the series? I, I don't know. Well, Billy, no, that's this is the argument. I'm happy for Carrigan to win it. This is the argument when Billy won it from two games and when everyone got confused. Well, so yeah, and then yeah, and then they said, uh, I don't know. They, they, didn't they release the votes that year? So oh, this is how it was done. That was supposed to be a new we don't thing. Do three, two, one. We go five, four, three, two, one. Or they couldn't. Like they couldn't deliberate, and it was all. Yeah, I don't know how it came about, but I, I thought that really Teddy. I thought was you know close to one of the best game one. I thought he was just behind Cleary game two, if not on par. Bar those tries, and then last night he was definitely our best player. So, mm. um, but yeah, for Queensland across the three games, I thought Carrigan definitely was uh, their best player. <laughs> You thought Carrigan was definitely their best player across three games? Across all three, 100%. Yeah, I disagree, but it doesn't matter. DCE and a lot of them looked very poor game two. Thought Ponga's coming out party was last night. Harry and, you know, a couple of guys had some moments, but consistency across the three games, I thought Carrigan Yeah, was... I, thought, I thought Harry Grant, but that's, that's me. I mean, as I said, I'm happy for Carrigan to win it. I don't know why we go over it. But he, he won it, so it's not going to change. But... Yeah, I'll, yeah. move on. Yep, and move on we will. And that wraps up Origin for 2022. Uh, great opportunity for New South Wales. Gone by the wayside. Congratulations to Queensland, Victors. And again, like we said, lots of players blooded. Some uh, good, good fortune ahead if they can keep building on what they've done this series and get some more guys into the system. And uh, interested to see what happens with New South Wales moving forward. But... What's left for us to do? Obviously, look ahead to round 18, give our tips and previews. Thanks to Bluebet. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. .com.au, if you can have a bet with anybody, do it with a true blue bookie with blue bet and all NRL games this week. Back a team head-to-head, and if they lead by six points or more at halftime, blue bet will pay you out as a winner up to $100 in winnings. Lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Um, it's going to be a hard one, or, you know, when you don't know who's playing or who will be backing up, but we'll do our best. And the first game is tomorrow night. It is the Cowboys up against the Sharks. And as we said, a lot of guys affected on the Cowboys side of things, only one on the Sharks side of things. Um, and they've obviously got Nenai now ruled out. Tuolagi is still out. They've ruled out Dearden, Holmes, and Jordan McLean is injured for the time being. They've named to back up, I think, only one player by the looks of it. Tommy Gilbert was named but ended up playing 78 minutes. So wouldn't be surprised if there was a late change there. They've got Luciano on the bench uh, and their extended squad, Kane Bradley and Riley Price, Steve Price's son. They've got a debutant on the bench, young Tom Chester, who come through as a half, played lock in their 21s grand final and scored a couple and then has been playing as a fullback. So... Not quite sure what they're going to do there, but all their origin contingent getting rested. The Sharks get back Nico Hines, Talakai's backing up and Rudolph's back. So as we said last week, Boxhead, it's a really big opportunity for them to strike here two weeks in a row against two teams heavily affected by origin. And yeah, that's right. They haven't really been affected, have they? So no. I don't think they'll, they'll win. So with that being the case, I'm with you. Um, and again, I think we will see Gilbert probably out. So we're both... On the shark side of things, and the odds thanks to bluebet.com.au, the Cowboys at home slight favourites at $1.80. The Sharks $2 minus 1.5 is the line. $3 1 to 12 for the Cowboys, $3.25 for the Sharks. 13 plus the Cowboys, $3.95, $4.55 for the Sharks. Parramatta uh, up against the Warriors. Again, looking at this one, they're not very affected in terms of players. The only one is Junior Paulo. You'd think he might back up. Uh, on the flip side of that, they've got options. You know, they've got Nia Kore, who they could shuffle again. Makatoa, Nathan Brown gets pushed out of the side. They can bring him back in if need be. Um, but on the flip side for the Warriors, after a great win at home um, in a week off, they're coming here and it looks like Dallin has been ruled out. He's positive. Uh, Ronald Volkman's been sick, but it's not COVID. And Jazz Tafunga too, has been left out. So they're having some issues um, around the COVID side of things and some illness, but Reese Walsh is back. Um, but looking, you know, at what they're going through, I guess, and that big emotional high the other week, I think this is another one of those ones for Parramatta where you want to trust them, but these are the ones they generally drop. But I think, you know, at home, 8 o'clock on Friday, only slightly affected. They have to win here, so I'm going with the Eels. Yeah, if they're serious, they win by 30. Yeah, well, they should should do something. Um, Cozy's in on the wing. They've got Pompey back in the centres. Harris DeVita goes from fullback back into the halves. So Volkman is obviously out of the squad altogether with that illness. And yeah, a couple of changes again for them. And if, yeah, Parramatta is serious, like you said, these are the games they've been dropping. If they've got any top four ambitions, they have to win this. And they've got six of their last eight, I'm pretty sure, at home. Some difficult games along the way, but. Um, they're really set up camp in Sydney for the run home, so they need to take advantage of that. And bluebet.com.au agrees. $1.13 are para. $6 for the Warriors. 17 and a half is the line. 
1 to 12 para 370, 750 for the Warriors, 13 plus for para dollar 50, $21 for the Warriors. Critical game in terms of the bottom half of the eight. The Dragons dropping that game last week. It was there for the taking. They get the Roosters. Ben Hunt obviously played a lot more minutes um, with the half situation, but I'm assuming he's going to back up. Or they're going what, to game want did tra- what game did the Dragons drop? Playing against the Broncos. That would have pulled them up into the eight and got them clear of the Roosters and that low. Yeah, team. but they're playing, well, they were playing with that against the yeah, but they weren't missing anywhere near as many as what... Origin affected. you got the Broncos who are missing eight or nine players. You're not going to get a better opportunity. Yeah, I, I get it, but it's the origin affected game. Right? Yeah. Well, you got the Roosters here in a difficult situation again. Have to win. Um, Collins is named, but has obviously been KO'd, so that won't be the case in the protocols. He'll be ruled out. Tedesco and Tupo are named. Uh, if Tedesco can back up after the efforts he's put in this year... Um, good on him, but he was huge again. I think they're going to want him to, and, and Tupo was cramping after 50 minutes and just got absolutely mashed. So again, big effort from him, but with Collins out, they had Lodge named in the extended squad. There's no doubt he was going to be playing regardless, so surely now he rolls straight back in. Other options there. If Tedesco is rested, they've got Lamb in the extended squad there, or Kieran that could play in the halves to push Joey Manu back to fullback. Luke Kiri is still missing. And on the Dragon side of things, as I said, the only one who was affected by Origin was Ben Hunt. They've named him. With that being the case, you've got Sullivan straight back out of the squad. Um, and they've got Ravalawa, who blew the hamstring last week. Tao Moga comes back in, and Aaron Woods gets to join the bench after Tarek Sims was suspended. So it's a hard one, but because they both need to win, but the Roosters need to win even more. Uh, I don't quite know how this is going to play out, but I'm going to trust the Roosters again, but they've burnt me plenty of times this year. Yeah, good luck, man. Like you said, it's going to be dependent a lot on who actually plays, but, you know, I'll go the Roosters. Mm. And Jared Rhea Hargrave is back this week as well. So. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Well, they don't really have... They don't really have the luxury to rest, the Roosters. No, nah, that's what I'm saying. You've got they need to win. Lodge, like in the extended squad, I think is playing games, but Collins is out. You, you need Jared, you need him. They really need Teddy because they don't have Kiri. Uh, otherwise, they're going to put someone else with Walker. It allows them to leave Manu at six, but they have to start winning. The Dragons lost, like I said, really gave them an opportunity to pull themselves into the bottom of that eight log jam. Um, if they don't win this one, they're, they're in real big trouble. Mm. So... Blue bet. I think one of those middles will definitely come in because they've got Butcher, the two Butchers, and Connor Watson plus Jared. Well, Collins is going to be out. They're going to need, they're going to need another big there. Yeah, Collins is gone, so Lodge is coming in. Yeah, well, will they bring May in? No. Within the protocols, like I said, Collins won't get named. They'll play Lodge straight away. Yeah, interesting. He, I previewed. They played Canberra last week in New South Wales Cup, and he played for. Um, the Bears against Canberra, he was, yeah, it wasn't his best game, but, yeah, see how he goes. Mm. But Bluebet agrees they've got the Roosters $1.36 favourite, and this one's up at the Central Coast as well. Um, the Dragons, $3.15 outsiders. Eight and a half is the line. One to 12 for the Roosters, two ninety-five, four ten for the Dragons. 13 plus for the Roosters, two forty-three, thirteen plus for the Dragons, eight forty. Manly up against the Knights. Again, great opportunity for them um, off the back of a couple of good results after the hard Cowboys won. They get Newcastle here off the back of a loss again, which was a real great opportunity for them. Pong has been named to back up, but again, 
Um, wouldn't be surprised if he was ruled out. Gagai's been named in the centres. Best, after being back, is straight back out of the side. And Jaden Braley has been named to start at hooker after making a return last week off the bench. So it doesn't say here what's happened to Bradman Best. But, man, that big bloke can't stay on the field. Every time he gets back from an injury, he plays a game or two and he's out again. So, uh, manly side of things, similar sort of deal, I guess. that They're in the eight at the moment, but they don't really have the luxury to drop these games. So, you'd think they'll push. No, they, they need a win. Yeah, and it's at home. So, you'd think they'd push Cherry Evans to play. Yeah. And Trevojevic will definitely back up as well. Aloe is listed at 18th man after missing a couple of games with concussion. So, you'd think he will be a late inclusion as well. And this is, again, one of those ones on the way home they have to win. So... Um, at home in the afternoon there. I'm on Manly. Me too, bud. But, um, yeah, for Newcastle, real good chance to build and finish the strong uh, back of the year strong, but South missing similar deal. Eight or nine players just rolled to their middle, which was quite disappointing. But uh, Blue Bet agrees again. $1.35 for Manly, three twenty for Newcastle, minus eight and a half the line. One to 12, 285 for the Manly Seagulls, eight. Um, You've got one to twelve for Newcastle, four forty. Thirteen plus Manly, two forty three, eight forty for the Knights. Titans, Broncos. Uh, a couple of changes here. You've got Tino named to back up, who played again pretty big minutes. Uh, similar deal. I think they'll want him to back up, but you know, in, in terms of hunting for the eight and long term, I, I wouldn't be pushing him if he if he's too beaten up. But we'll see what happens there. They've got Philip Semi. After a knee injury and Corey Thompson, similar deal after a knee injury back. And they're giving a debut to Fafita's, uh, I think it was his cousin or not his brother, Sosefo Fafita. He's on the wing. Tanner Boyd's been moved to 5'8", so a spine reshuffle. Turner goes to the bench. And Aaron Booth, uh, coming down from Melbourne on a development deal, is now your hooker and debuting with Clark going back to the bench. So it's been a lot of change in the lineup. There's been change in staff. They got rid of their high performance manager, and then during the week they told Jim Dimmick he wasn't wanted anymore, and he left immediately. So um, interesting to see what happens here. And it's at Seabus, and you've got the Broncos on the flip. Corey Oates and Carrigan named among the reserves, possibly to back up, but again, I think they're in a position to rest. Cobo wasn't named, but he got concussed anyway. Flegler will come into play, and like last week, they've got a lot of guys playing. So Pereira and Hoiter on the wings. Tessie News at fullback again. Palacia starting in the front row again with James. Hosking gets his second game in the back row with Hetherington playing lock and um, they've got Jake Turpin on the bench because Pakes obviously had that brutal knockout. So um, they're, they're pretty similar to the side they have last week bar Tommy Flegler and possibly one of those guys backing up but I don't see why you would. I think they're in a great position to give those guys a rest after a big effort during the week. So can your mob get a win here, Boxhead? Probably not. I won't be tipping them. They can't tackle. I don't care who they put in. Until they want to tackle and have some defensive resilience, I won't be tipping them. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think the other thing, um, the complete spine change. I know they've obviously had a week off and they've probably trained for it, but Boyd now with... Yeah, well, they're going to do something. Yeah, I'm not knocking that, but I'm not expecting that to gel instantly. So you've now got Boyd in there with Sexton... Booth in at nine um, after playing no NRL all year. And like Tino's just absolutely working himself to the bone every single week. Fafita's back in the starting lineup. Like He's got to be feeling the pinch at this time of year. He's played some huge minutes for the Titans as well as the Origin Series. 
Uh, interested to see how Sefo uh, goes on the on the wing. Heard a lot about him the last two years. Haven't seen him play much football, but uh, they've obviously got one powerhouse, which they've had in Marju, who does a lot of damage. I think he's a, a low built to the ground powerhouse like him and pretty fast. So interested to see how he plays. Yeah, but with the odds with this one, we're both on the Broncos and BlueBet.com.au agrees they're a dollar forty favorite even with the players missing. The Titans two ninety five minus seven and a half the line. 1 to 12 Titans, 375, 315 Broncos, 13 plus Titans, 870 and 240 for the Broncos. Tigers, Panthers, Penrith, as we know, resting all those players and rightfully so. Uh, I was actually quite surprised they didn't send Fisher Harris, you know, potentially kick out Edwards away as well for the week just because of how much depth they've gotten to really give everyone a reset. But. Much like last time, those few guys are playing, sprinkled in with all their New South Wales Cup players, having falls and O'Sullivan and the halves really helps. Got those Kiwi internationals, like we said, that really helps. Um, on the flip for the Tigers, Jacob Little, Stefano Utukamanu are out. They've got a couple of players returning. After one week of saying they won't listen to the public, um, they've already made that change. Dewey's now in 5'8", Hastings going to lock, and offhand Gary goes to prop as Kamali makes those changes. And James Tarmow is back on deck after missing a couple of weeks. And Ken Marmolo is back as well. And as it stands at the moment, Justin is now starting in the back row this week. So he's gone from the bench to now starting in place of Luke Garner, who's gone back to the bench. So... Tip of the Panthers. Yeah. I'm with you. Even with those changes they showed against the yeah, Bulldogs. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, they showed against the Bulldogs again, like we said. You got May, Tago, Falls, Osavan, Leota, Fish, Kikiao. They've got enough players there. And they've got a lot of guys that played a lot of NRL or could play NRL at other clubs. So um, still in a strong position up against the Tigers. Mm. But if not, they've got a nice buffer at the top. More experience for the rest of your squad. And all those players will be nice and fresh to play. The Sharks next week, who again, three top three teams in front of them three weeks in a row, two of them severely hampered by origin, but they're going to get the best of Penrith next week, I expect. Yeah. Um, and for this one, even with all those players out, bluebet.com.au have Penrith $1.35 favourite, the Panthers three twenty minus eight and a half the line, one to twelve Tigers four twenty three dollars the Panthers, thirteen plus the Tigers, nine dollars two thirty four the Panthers. Storm Raiders, I didn't think I'd be saying this is important, but I, I I think more from just a confidence point of view or to see some life out of Melbourne. I'd like to see some resolve heading back home on the Sunday uh, against the Raiders. But again, uh, interested in to see who plays and who doesn't play. So they've named Cameron Munster uh, back in the side with Hughes. you got Pappenhaus and he was a bit busted last week. He's been named again. So we'll see what happens there. Felice is back. He's been named. Harry Grant's been named. I'll be hoping he backs up because they've obviously lost Brandon Smith, so they've got Wishart on the bench to share some time with him. Maybe they might start with Wishart and then get a spell out of Grant and then roll him back out. But, um, you know, similar deal for the Raiders. They drop one. They have to win. They've got no choice but to keep winning. But I think for Melbourne, even with a few guys still not there, uh, off the back of a, a bit of a disappointing run there, they'll, they'll want to respond here at home. <laughs> I think so too, yeah. I think they'll win, but mm, they haven't been convincing, have they? I'm just really just interested to see how they respond defensively. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And like I said last week, just some of the middles sort of disappointed me. I, you know, I thought the young bloke, McDonald, come on and made a real big impact. But, um, you know, Munster hopefully will be buzzing after missing out and keen to play. Him and Hughes back together with Pap. Um, the nine situation, Felice back in, hopefully tighten up that other edge a little bit and help out Seve, who's been highly exposed and looking in the reserves. I, I can't see any late changes in terms of where they're going with their OB situation. So, um, yeah, on Canberra side of things, you've got Papali'i. He'll definitely back up, I think, with the amount of turnaround they've got. Chance has been taken out of the side uh, in terms of what's happened there. Jack Whiten, obviously, back on Chance, deck. Chance is playing a name to play against us. Yeah, so I was thinking Somewhere. I was thinking as soon as he requested the release and that, they've obviously probably moved him and finally decided they're going to you know, commit to Savage. So for them, yeah. minimal change and Jack back on deck. And similar deal. It's a must-win. James Schiller added to the bench is an interesting one. I thought they might look for an extra forward, but they're going with just Horsburgh and Elliott. So, going to be some... We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Um, They lost the young Englishman, Harry Rushton, during the week. had a terrible facial fracture and a broken jaw, so... I've I've got got a feeling Gouler will play. Well, he's been out for a long time. They need another another middle on that bench, don't you think? Mm. He's had a long stint away after that rough start of the year. Um, yeah, it was played, like I previewed their last four games. He played the last four games in New South Wales Cup. They've won four in the bounce in New South Wales Cup. So, mm. Mm. see what happens. Horsburgh, Elliot, Starling, and Gouler, I would think, and maybe Schiller's 18th man. That's sort of what I'd be thinking. Yeah, unless they've got doubt on anyone in their back line. But I think, you know, if you, if you don't have that, I wouldn't be carrying Schiller. I'd be more inclined to take a Harrower, an Ara, or a Gouler. Mm. I think Harrower and I will play against us on Sunday. Mm. But the odds so on this one... They're going to be strong, strong, strong playing against us as well. Yeah. Uh, the odds for this one, bluebet.com.au, Storm $1.22. I think that's you know still a little bit positive, but uh, we'll see how this pans out. too short. Canberra generally like playing against Melbourne. Uh, the Raiders are $4.30, 11.5 start, 1 to 12, $3 for the Storm, $5 for the Raiders, 13 plus for the Storm, $1.93, $12 for the Raiders. And the round wraps up South Sydney with the longest turnaround, 6 o'clock Sunday night against the Bulldogs, who have minimal change by the looks of things here after the break. I think Shoppy got COVID, didn't he? He's got COVID, sorry. So I've just seen that here. He's still named in the actual run-on, but above in the team yeah, list. Yeah, I think, I think he got COVID. I heard he got COVID. Yeah, so Declan Casey, who had that brutal KO on debut, uh, is going to get a he second, comes in, he? Yeah. second chance. Um, and Matty Burton, he was charged, but like I said, they obviously escaped with just a fine. And Pangai Jr. is still missing, but for the Rabbitohs, Alex Johnston is back. Mark Nichols is back. Richie Kenner drops out. Cody Nikarima goes back to the bench. Cook. And Murray were named to back up. That if Murray was ruled out with it, you know, instantly that game, he won't make protocols in time, surely. So, no way. He'll be gone. Um, Harvili and Jed Cartwright went back to the bench, and Saluka Feeder and Shakai Mitchell dropped out. And Ilias was named to back up, uh, to play seven after the head knot last week. So, I'd expect he more than likely, maybe Arrow goes to lock or Harvili to start with, and if one of those guys goes in uh, to the lock position, if not, he might give Jed another game in the back row for Arrow to move there, and if they're going to add someone to the bench, it'd either be Mawale or probably Saluka for feeder again. So, um, similar deal. They've caught fire a little bit. They've got the longest turnaround. 
the Bulldogs, they're not the worst team in the comp, but they're obviously right down at the bottom. This is a must win as well for them to keep kicking ahead. So I'll, I'll be going with Souths. Yeah, I think Souths need to win far more than the Bulldogs do. Yeah. Um, and again, just, just building on what what they've been doing the last few weeks. Last week would have been a huge confidence booster to do what they did, missing so many players and to get a couple of guys back in um, after the series and a few back from injury. It's a great chance to build um, after a positive few weeks. And bluebet.com.au agrees. They're a dollar thirty-three favourite. The dogs three thirty, eight and a half the line. One to twelve dogs for twenty-two seventy-five for South. Thirteen plus dogs eight forty, two forty-three for Souths. How yeah. far down the ladder are you putting a pen through team? So we're just thinking from the Raiders up, can still make it. I'm bringing up the ladder yeah. right now. Newcastle, Newcastle Warriors, Bulldogs, Titans, Tigers. I think Titans, Tigers, Bulldogs, Warriors. Knights are all done in my book. Yeah, they're five and eleven. They've almost got to win it, win out to make it. Roosters, Raiders. Eight, eight. It looks like it looks like twelve and twelve will be what you need to make the finals. Roop, and roop. it actually might not be enough because you have got eight and eight dragons who are outside looking in at the moment. So it means teams like the Roosters and the Raiders are going to have to go probably six and two to get in. Well, Roosters, Raiders this weekend. If they both lose and the Dragons and Manly win. They're two away, and two away is not even just enough. Like you've got to not only got to two, catch two away with seven to play. Yeah, you've not only got to catch up the two, but then it comes down to four and against as well, which is never a good situation to be in. What, what I'm really liking is the that middle section of the top eight. So Cowboys, Storm, Sharks, Broncos, Eels. Well, like separated. I said, the Sharks. Well, even just go Storm, Sharks, Broncos, Eels, all separated only by two points. A nice little battle in there. Usually. Well, the last couple of years, we've sort of had three or four breakaway teams, haven't we? But the, the, the Sharks are the one who have been the real benefactor because, again, like you hear the, hear the people on TV going, oh, they've got big wins. I'm like, well, no offence. They're not really big wins in terms of the scalps they've taken. They've, they've got two teams at the best possible time these three weeks. Like I said, they got Melbourne on the, the bounce. They got Cowboys this week after having so many involved. Like They started off with five or six in squads, three play. Mm. This week they had up to almost ten or eleven players in camps and five played and they've lost two to injury. Um, so. I think, oh, look, I think if South win this weekend, I'd put them into the eight. So that'll mean seven teams into the eight. Yeah, and really, yeah. we're just working out who's going to finish in that last position. Well, I'm with you. I sort of think twelve wins. You reckon twelve wins get you there? I think the one thing that everyone was worried about. Uh, and the bookies, I think, in particular, is the fact that South's run home is not the easiest. Okay. So well, South, South. I think right at this point in time, Parramatta up or in. And the Roosters is a similar deal. So I think the right Knights down or out. So really, you've got a composition of one, two, three, four, five teams for the, two spots. The Roosters' next three are must wins. So they go Dragons, who are directly ahead of them. Yeah. Then they play Newcastle, which has to be yeah. a win, and then they play Manly, who are directly ahead of them. So well, there you go. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're three critical games for the Roosters. Newcast- yeah, if the Roosters win the next three, they've got a chance on the run home because then they, they finish. They play South last round, which is the opening of the when they play Melbourne stadium as well. That, that could even be to make the finals. Yeah, and then they finish off playing Melbourne and Bris- uh, Melbourne, Brisbane, Cowboys, South. So it's not going to be an easy finish. No. Yeah, you're right. They need to win their next three. And then you've got the Raiders who have one of the better run homes. But again, if they drop this week, they're going to be relying on winning those games. I which... the Raiders are going to go 6-2 and two to make it. Well, next week they get the Warriors. And then I think they've got like the Tiger, they've got the Titans. So they 
really get a good run. Then they but again, play... I don't look at draws. I no, no, at... but they've been dropping these games. But what I'm saying is, on the run home, they've got what you'd expect to be one of the better draws if you needed to get in. But could you trust them? No. Well, but yeah. they're playing almost most of the bottom four and they play two teams directly ahead of them. So similar deal. Their fate's in their own hands. They've got Tigers, Titans, Warriors, and then they play Manly and uh, I think it was the Dragons who they've already lost to. And that's one of those games, again, they had to win. Yeah. So. All right. Well, footy's a winner. Eight games this week. We're back. No origin impact, which I love. I love origin, but I love also when we just get back to a bit of normalcy. So... It's 10 o'clock here. I want to eat some dinner. Yep, I'm with you. And to finish off, the only last thing I want to do is the futures, like you're saying. So no surprise. Penrith are the heavy favourite at $2.20. Melbourne are now out to four fifty on the second line of betting. Um, and then behind them, you've got the Sharks, North Queensland, both at nines with bluebet.com.au. Parramatta at 11 and Souths have shortened in a lot after those couple of wins into $17. So... Um, outside of that, Brisbane 21, and then you've got outside looking in, Roosters 23, Manly 29. Like, uh, I honestly can't see anyone outside of that top five sort of grouping, but if you've got any sort of faith in the Sharks or the Cowboys situations if out there, $9 um, compared to Penrith. And if, if you think Penrith are bank interest, I think now's the time to get on because after this weekend and having a rest, I think they're, they're going to go on a run home. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens. So, there you go. Those odds brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Just remember, don't bet with anyone else. Bet with Bluebet. They support us and they support our charity. And look out for that offer on all games this weekend. Back a team head-to-head, and if they lead by six or more at halftime, they will pay you out as a winner up to $100. Lead by six, you win. Terms against supply, gamble responsibly. And a big thank you to Penrosola. Tackle those rising bills. Things are not getting any better. If there was ever a time to make an investment in your home and for yourself long term, get yourself a solar system from the best in the business, Penrith Solar Centre. www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 1800-2029-30 today and talk to Jake and the crew. Boxhead, back to normal. The run home is on and we'll be back as normal. Transmission next week on Tuesday. Um... Power rankings back, set of six, all the normal stuff, and we'll see how things shake out on the run home to the finals. Sounds good. Everybody, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.